from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Jamitra. And we're two of the hosts of The Cooler. Get ready to crank the lever and rock the vote. Because this week, in honor of the midterm elections, we're trying to find ways to inspire you to get up and go out to the polls. Yes. And we'll be chatting with Aisha Wahab, an Afghan-American millennial who's running for office and doing big things. Because guess what? Millennials are out here doing big things. Doing big things. You can call us lazy, but you're lying. All of the buzz around you and the constant loop of campaign ads have probably told you that the midterms are upon us. Yes. Yes, they're happening. Yeah. At long last. Like play Etta James because I'm ready. I don't know about you. Have you memorized all of the political ads you've seen on television yet? I don't have a TV because I'm a millennial. Oh, that's true. You cut the cord a long time ago. Yeah. And I have an ad blocker. Sorry. Mm. Well, there's one common theme among the think pieces about us millennials, and that is that we don't vote. We are lazy We only eat avocado toast. We are ruining real estate. We are ruining marriage and the rest of it. We're horrible. We're horrible. And apparently democracy because we don't vote. Pretty much. Well, I'll tell you what. Less than half of the people who we consider to be youths voted in the presidential election. Come on, guys. Now, when you talk about midterms, you can expect even fewer of us youths and just people in general are going to show up to the polls. To quote Oprah in conversation with Yanla, I will not accept that. Hmm. We are going to vote. And in this segment, maybe we will inspire some people. Well, a little ray of hope, possibly, according to a recent study that I read, they're saying, specifically Harvard's Kennedy School of Government is saying, that 40% of people 18 to 29 have said that they will, quote, definitely vote in the midterms. Yes. Do you believe them? I want to. I really want to. I also really, really want to be polled. Maybe that's all these foreign numbers that I don't answer, but I feel like they're never asking me my opinion. I got opinions. Mm, well, I should you know be what? on the panel at The View. Well, I guess this is The View, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, maybe if they text me, we don't we don't talk on the phone. So maybe it was if it was a text poll, I would join in. Yeah, mm. G-chat me, and yeah. I'll let you know yeah. what you need to know. I'll be there. So if we're not showing up at the polls, or at least people don't think we're showing up at the polls, I got to thinking, how can we get us and the other youths to show up and vote? <sighs> well, it's a heavy lift, not to be too rebellious up in here. <laughs> But the Electoral College needs to go. Because if Mm. it was one vote equals one vote, Mm -hmm. people would feel like, hey, even if I am a Democrat in California or even if I'm a Republican in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. like my vote is going to count and it's not just going to go the way my state always goes. So I feel like that would really help a lot. And also people forget that, yeah, if you're a Democrat in California, you might not influence the Electoral College and who gets to be president. But you will influence the down ballot races, which mm-hmm. are very important. These are people who are going to be running the community that you actually live in. Exactly. So there are reasons that people, specifically younger people, don't trust the system. You know, we saw bank CEOs get bailed out mm-hmm. and then get their bonuses. A lot of people are feeling like there's corruption and it'll always be like that. And no matter who you put in there, it's going to be like that. But you know what? If the house that you're living in has a leaky roof, the wallpaper is crusty, floorboards falling through, hmm. are you just going to sit around, clack on your keyboard, complain about it, or are you going to help fix it? You just tweet you, about it. You just... can't just say, <laughs> I'm not going to vote. Try to help in whatever way you can. Exactly. So we just talked about the fact that we've never been polled. So let's take this opportunity to poll ourselves. Okay. So 
in my social circle of friends, my friends who don't vote because, trust me, there are some Uh-oh. who have not and do not. Do they like freedom? Hmm. Well, their not. main objections are, well, my vote doesn't matter. Wrong. My vote doesn't count. Wrong again. I don't care about the issues. I don't know enough about the issues. Well, read. I don't have enough time to read and research. Oh, all that time that you're on the toilet on Instagram scrolling? Exactly. You have time. You can find it. You can find it. Oh, is that a new thing? Is that maybe we should do, maybe (laughs) if we create a social media platform that helps people get familiar with the issues, I think we're onto something. While they're pooping. (laughs) Yes. You always find time to look at all the stories on your Instagram. You can't find the time to read about your democracy. My Greek ancestors did not invent democracy for us to let it go to waste like this. Exactly. It is a mess. So one strategy that has worked over the years to inspire youth to vote has been through celebrities. Yes, we love those. Yeah, we do, right? Some of them. I'm thinking about MTV's voter campaigns back in the day, the Rock the Votes. Recently, we've seen Taylor Swift take a stand, I which led to Huge voter registration. And I told you, that's not my girl, but I will give her her props when props are due. Props are due. Hey, yeah. Taylor, girl. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all you're getting. Just that's all you're going to get from me. <laughs> but I want to take a moment to go back into the 90s. Okay. And maybe just think about how one particular icon tried to inspire us all to vote. And I want you to let me know if you recognize this voice. Dr. King, Malcolm X, freedom of speech is as good as sex. Abe Lincoln, Jefferson Tom, they didn't need the atomic bomb. We need beauty, we need art, we need government. Get a rhythm. Find the note, girl. Find the note. But also props for rhyming something with atomic bomb because she, that's she hard. It. So that's Madonna. Yeah, of course. Yes. Would I have been persuaded to vote with that ad? Mm. I'm a little shaky on that one. But I would like to think yes, because she's trying to do a good thing. Mm. So, so I'll give it to her. And in case you're wondering what she was wearing in the video, she was wrapped in an American flag, true Madonna fashion. Mm-hmm. She was voguing. It was, it was a vibe back then. So maybe they just thought it would inspire people to vogue to the polls. <laughs> maybe that's the campaign we need to <laughs> that's put That's the out campaign there. we need today. Something interesting that's happening to inspire the youths to vote this election cycle is being done by a D.C.-based organization called Acronym. They're trying to galvanize young people where they are on social media by using tones that millennials like. They don't like buttoned-up political ads. Most of them are like that. These have a sense of humor, and they're kind of edgy. Both of these clips that I'm about to play, the visuals are directed by Girls Trip director Malcolm D. Lee. Oh, I'm in already. So, you know, it's very current of the moment and this first video is called call the cops and it turns the recent phenomenon of busybody white people calling the cops on people of color on its head 911 i like to report a raggedy ass hipster who thinks he's going to be the next tarantino <laughs> i know that's going to happen he doesn't plan on voting oh i can describe him he's white yes yes this was i saw this and it gave me complete life she said raggedy mm, she did <laughs> and she meant it yeah she did would that convince you if you were on the fence about voting? Like, you know what? You are raggedy. Are you're raggedy. And if you're not voting, you're raggedy. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the, the takeaway there. You don't want to be called out. <laughs> Another ad deals with the enthusiasm gap between our generation and the olds. <laughs> Dear young people. Don't vote. Don't vote. Everything's fine the way it is. Trump. That was us. Tax cuts for the rich? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm rich as f- Climate change? That's a you problem. 
I'll be dead soon. So, you'll like some meme on Instagram. If the weather is nice, maybe you could go to one of those little marches. You might even share this video on Facebook. But you won't vote. You young people never do. But I do. I do. I do. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Because I'm mad already. I'm right? like, where? I'm like, I sh- where's the paper? I want the paper valid right now. You're like, I'll show you, uh-huh. Grandma. Mm-hmm. Reverse psychology. Yeah. So I found that one pretty effective. I actually read that millennials now surpass boomers in numbers. So if that ad does light a fire under your butt, we could just all show up and outvote them. Pretty much. We can do that. It's up to us. If you have agoraphobia, you can mail it in. There's no excuse. If nothing we've said has inspired you, young person, or actually anyone, to vote, there is a living legend who has a message for you. The time has come for you to vote for your life. Good luck and don't f*** it up. Exactly. Right? And I, and just because I'm going to show up in full glory, makeup, ball gown, to vote. If that's what it takes for you to get you there, then do it. Put the bow on. Vogue if you have to. I don't care how you get there. Okay. Just do it. Just get there. Because if you don't make a decision, the old folks that we heard earlier, they're going to make the decision for us. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't let our parents pick our partners, would we? No, because so, it would be a woman. <laughs> so why would you let them pick our leaders and determine how our local communities are run? Because that's what the midterm elections are all about, right? Yes, people. Mm. So I don't want to hear you complain the day after the midterms about anything if you don't vote. Like our former president said. Don't boo. Vote. Work. And that's that. Today, we are joined by Aisha Wahab, who calls herself a, quote, proud millennial, author, organizer, and human being. Oh, yes. (laughs) She's also running for city council in Hayward, California. Hey. And she took some time off the campaign trail to come chat with us today. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Obvious first question. What was the catalyst that inspired you to run in the first place? I can't say that it was just one particular thing. I know that when... President Trump was elected. Um, Obviously, I had certain feelings about that. Mm. And then um, it was more the defeat of Hillary Clinton that actually I was like, oh, my God. And then soon after, you know, literally week after week after week of seeing different things happen in the news, it really became clear that this was not the America that I knew, the America that I was born and raised in. So, you know, I always say, if you don't see the woman, be the woman. Mm, I Um, love that. Right? So after organizing with folks from the Women's March, I said, you know what, I'm gonna toss my hat in the ring and walk and talk exactly what I say. So that really just the gist of it, um, just being involved in the community and wanting to do better. That's great advice, too, because I I see a lot on social media people complaining about who's going to step up, who is going to lead us out of this. And the answer is maybe it's you. Okay. Yep. You stepping up is counterintuitive to what people like to say about millennials. I'm so tired of hearing about millennials from people who aren't millennials. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I just I, I was driving here in San Francisco and I saw something that said, oh, um, they say millennials are lazy. Uh, Prove them right. You know I, that, I know that. I know the, the retirement. Yeah. Yes. And that rubs me the wrong way. You know, I have a boss who is in his 60s and he makes a joke saying, you know, you guys are the generation that just for participation, you guys get a medal and an award. Mm. And I said, and whose bright idea was that? OK. okay. Oh. Right. <laughs> 
So I know millennials to be some of the hardest working people out there. Mm -hmm. Some work multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, They are very much about equality. Men and women, you know, pull their weight for the most part in relationships and family and things like that. And so as much as people want to degradate millennials, I feel completely different. I feel very proud to be a millennial. And, you know, I I also like to tell people we're probably one of the most informed generations Mm -hmm. out there. So don't knock it unless you're a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I feel like what's actually lazy is these lazy takes on millennial, the millennial generation. Because if you look out in the world right now, March for Our Lives started by very young people. Yeah. Black Lives Matter, a lot of those activists are millennials. I even read this article recently that said, are millennials going to get out of their beanbag chairs and vote? <laughs> beanbag chairs. Yeah, like, like who does that? One, okay, not only that, but at the same time, I think our generation is very much about action and mm-hmm. seeing it. I think that the other generations that we've seen kind of are complacent with a lot of things happening in this country. Like everything that's happening on a national level, I almost want to say, who's really fighting for us? I truly, truly believe in country over party. And at the same time, we've lost that. There's nobody really saying, okay, let's take a look at the issue. Let's not attack a person. Let's talk about what's going on. And I don't necessarily agree with this. We have this ideal notion of what America is. It's this melting pot where everyone gets to be who they are and there's freedom to pursue whatever you want to pursue, no matter who you are or how you worship or who you love or whatever. But that's not the America that we're currently living in. Yeah. And so I'm curious, as an Afghan-American on the campaign trail running for office, have there been situations where you've had to deal with ignorance from people you're talking to trying to get their vote or just you out in the world existing? I knew racism would be a problem. I knew that my age would be a problem. I knew my gender would be a problem. The whole nine, you know, you just expect that Mm -hmm. when you're putting yourself out there. However, I didn't think it'd be as big of a problem as I've actually run into. So there hasn't been a day that I haven't heard something racist said to me. Um, And, you know, I have a look that's very hard to identify if you're not uh, well versed in ethnicities, if you will. And being born and raised in the United States and growing up in foster care, I've lived with all types of people, blacks, Latinos, whites, you name it. So I feel very much attached to all communities. And because I have such an ambiguous look, I've also noticed that people need to identify you before you can even talk about anything else. That is really the problem. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I thought being racially ambiguous would be a plus. It, it very much isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, people need to identify what you are. So we've run into a lot of this. And, you know, I don't mind dealing with it myself. I I genuinely don't because I try to take it as an opportunity to educate the individual. But we had a volunteer. She's about 16 years old. And it was her first time really or maybe her second time by by this time uh, uh, campaigning with us. And her mother's our main volunteer. And somebody said, well, what is she? And Mm. the the young woman said, um, She's American. I don't, I don't get what you're asking. They're like, she's clearly not American. Look at her face. Oh, wow. Um, mm. And she said, no, no, she, she was born in New York. And they're like, yeah, but what, what, what is her religion? Her last name's Wahab. And uh, the 16-year-old girl growing up in the Bay Area, being a teenager, you know, we know how um, the younger folks tend to be very uh, accepting of others, right? Mm -hmm. So her mother had to come and kind of calm this woman down and basically say, you know, these are the issues she's fighting for. She's no different than you and I. You know, this is the person that should represent us best in the city. 
And when I heard this from not only uh, that particular family, but then also, you know, I hear it on the phone calls and people have to explain what I am. It it really begs the question as to when are we seen as American enough? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm born and raised here. My entire family's here. This is all I know. This is all I want to be is American. You know, I've actually traveled to other countries. And every time I come back, I'm like, thank God I'm an American. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And when people hold these prejudices against you, that's when you're kind of thinking like, what makes me equal then? Right. It's, it, you know, I speak English. You know, I'm educated here. I, I grew up at going to public schools. Um, you know, I want to uh, serve my community. So mm-hmm. when am I going to be seen as American? And that's really what what question is being posed on the national scale that nobody's asking. Right. Because I think I shared with you, if you're not from one of the larger ethnic groups, mm-hmm. you're very much not seen. Period. Yeah. I mean, we had that conversation and I asked specifically, I'm a black woman. And when they talk about race in this country and we talk about polls and we talk about minorities, I typically see they talk about black people. They talk about Latinos, but they don't really get down to other ethnic groups in the country. And so I specifically asked you, do you feel seen when you see those reports, you hear those conversations being had? Yeah. And the real answer is no. The situation ends up being that, you know, as an Afghan American, and I'm very proud of being Afghan, I'm not going to shy away from that. We are Asian. We're Central Asian, but we're not seen as Asian enough because we're not Far East Asian. Mm. We're not South Asian. We're not Middle Eastern. Right. So we are pretty much not even considered a minority group by American standards, to be completely honest. Um, What we do check when we do the census and things like that is we're seen as Caucasian. And you and I both know that if I were to walk down the street, (laughs) you know, you wouldn't see that, right? So I think that... you know how we've always heard that race is a social construct? Mm-hmm. It very much is. At the end of the day, it's a human being you're talking about, right? They have the same desires as anybody else. You know, you want to raise your family in safety. You want to be able to pursue an education. You want to be able to have a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. These are the same qualities that every single ethnicity around the world wants, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I see it. But being an Afghan American, you are very much demonized. There's a lot that I have problems with, I'm gonna be honest with you, you know. um, (laughs) So it's it's take let's let's take one issue at at, at a time, right? Yes, absolutely. So being on the campaign trail, I've never done it myself, but I can assume that it's really difficult, Mm -hmm. exhausting. Yes. And you get home, you need to have some self care, you need to just release a little bit. Is there any bit of pop culture, whether that's TV or music or what have you, that you are drawn to when you really need to just mellow out after a hard day? Yes. So at nighttime, I'm not going to lie. You know how people turn on the TV just to zone out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally have to put on like Family Guy, The Simpsons. Oh. Dad, like that, right. <laughs> I know that's like super childish, but, you know, it just it you don't have to think. Mm-hmm. It's not serious. It's very lighthearted. You know, you zone out. So we know that you are running for Hayward City Council. If you could give the key to the city of Hayward to any celebrity. OK. I guess living or dead, too. Who would you want to like be a part of the city of Hayward? Marilyn Monroe. I like oh. I like Marilyn. There's so many stories about her that I, I think she was like a mis, um, misunderstood individual. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in foster care during the Depression. Mm. And as a person who went through foster care, I read her autobiography that's like literally cut in half because, you know, obviously she passed um, before she finished it. But she shares a story about how um, because she was physically more fit and stronger and like as she calls big boned, um, she did a lot of the chores. But because of the depression, when the entire family would bathe, 
uh, you know, you had the father, the mother, the kids, mm-hmm. and she'd be the last one to bathe. But what's interesting about this is that she describes it as I was bathing in somebody else's filth because mm. she it's the same water. And, uh, you know, she said when she became famous, all she did was take baths. Right. Mm. So, you know, she lived a very difficult life and very troubled life. And then at the same time, she also stood up for um, I want to say it was uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Right. Mm-hmm. Who um, she'd go to. a I guess she wasn't allowed to perform in some clubs. And Marilyn spoke to some of the uh, managers and said that I'll be there every single day of the week if she performs and I'll sit front row to make your club hot. You know, you have to respect those things. Those were like beyond her time, if you will. Right. Um, So I'd love to give her, you know, an honorary key, if you Mm will. Um, People have these, you know, notions of who she is and things like that. But every person has depth to their character. Everyone Mm -hmm. is very different and have lived different experiences. Um, And sometimes we just need to take the time to really understand another individual. So um, shout out to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. (laughs) And shout out to you for inspiring us today. I am inspired. Yes. If you weren't going to vote before, you better go do it now. Yeah, yes. no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Definitely, and definitely. good luck next Thank week. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, countdown, right? Less than seven days yes. now. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank definitely. you. It's the peak in the pit. Hey, the peak in the pit. Hey. On to the peak in the pit. The highs and lows of pop culture this week. Pull out the parade. Streamers. Confetti is falling from the sky because Colorado has decided that they are going to abolish slavery. Oh, now. Oh, now. I know what you're asking yourself. You're like, I thought that slavery was already abolished. And like, wasn't Kanye saying that that was a bad thing that happened, that they abolished mm, that? But mm, he should move there. Yeah. But technically, in Colorado, and apparently, according to CNN, 15 other states, slavery is still legal depending on the circumstance. So, Article 2, Section 26 of Colorado's Constitution reads, You have a citation. Mm, Quote, there shall never be in this state either slavery or involuntary servitude except for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. So if you're convicted, slavery for you, sir. Wow. Just putting it in the state constitution. Mm. But in this midterm election, Colorado voters have a chance to change that and amend the constitution. So we'll see. It's in your hands, Colorado. Get your life together. Okay. I have a pit. Oh. I know we've been talking about the youths. A lot this episode and how we need them to do certain things, mainly vote. Another thing I need them to do is put some respect on Ashanti's name. Oh, don't do this. Okay. Because Ashanti, who was a big thing back in the day. Yes. Her and Ja Rule, it was a little bit of a duo. Yes. Yes. And the universe is not showing respect to either of them. And I'm going to tell you why. So Ashanti booked a gig. This is at Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York. The problem is... In a university of 2,500 students, 24 bought tickets, and they had to cancel the show. Oh. And I understand why they don't know Ashanti's work, because it's been a minute, but... Oh, baby, who doesn't know that? Yeah. So disrespectful. Foolish to MP3? Yeah, come Bop. on. So youths, after you vote, or maybe on the way to vote, go on Spotify, search Ashanti, your life might change. Yeah. Every student at that university, mm-hmm. you owe Ashanti at least one or two streams. Each stream is 0. 0.003 cents, mm-hmm. and she can use them. Exactly. And Ja Rule isn't doing much better. 50 Cent bought 200 oh. seats in the front rows of his concert so that they would be empty. And that's shade. Is there anybody shadier or pettier than Sir 50 Cent? There is not. And he's usually wrong. So <laughs> exactly. there's that. I know you're a Taylor fan, so I'm going to give you a Taylor moment. <laughs> 
I know you got I, got, I know you got song of the week, but hold on, Emmanuel, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> I like I, that you assume mine is Taylor. Swift. Yes, <laughs> that is ultimate shade. Are you 50 Cent? Is, no, is this I'm just saying we're just gonna room? pretend like this is the MTV Awards. You're about to give your speech. Oh. you're about to tell us song of the week. But hold on, I'm gonna let you finish. Right. But first, I have to interject to talk about this song that the Warriors played this weekend. I'll take you back into time last year when Fergie decided to sing the national anthem. Sing is a generous way to Yeah, we all remember that all-star performance. Well, her husband decided to bring it up recently, and he decided to demand an apology from the Golden State Warriors because they may have chuckled a bit during the performance. And their response was this. In case you haven't seen the video, basically they're dancing in the locker room and they've started what we're calling the Fergie Challenge. <laughs> so if you want to get in on this action, go for it. Wow. And as for Fergie's husband, he realized that he done effed up. He tweeted shortly after that he should have thought twice before he came at the champs. I would agree, sir. <sighs> you know how last week we were listening to ASMR and it's supposed to give you this like bodily reaction mm-hmm. to hearing audio? Well, hearing her sing the national anthem gives me a bodily reaction and it's not a good one. <laughs> Well, now you have the remix. Does that make up for it? It does make it a little bit easier to stomach, for sure. But that is not the song of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Tis not. I almost picked a song that I listen to every time I'm going to the polls because it makes me feel patriotic. It is better than the national anthem. Just going to say that. Hello. Star Spangled Who? I like, no. So do you mean it doesn't have that extra verse in there about the slavery? Oh, Mm, yes. Okay. Mm, About slavery. Yeah. Yeah. People forget about that one. (laughs) Yeah. This one does not have any mentions of slavery in it. It is called Party in the USA by one Molly Cyrus. (laughs) It is a capital B bop and a half. And I usually listen to it, like I said, on the way to the polls. But I did that in 2016 and things didn't turn out so well. So we're not ending with that just because of superstition. Fake out. Bob and Weave. So we're going to end with a more recent song from the Crazy Rich Asian soundtrack. Oh, It is by Miguel. And it spreads a message that I feel like Republicans, Democrats, independents can all get behind. Hmm. Vote for a good time. Okay? Okay. So let's do it. If you miss us in the next week, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty. And I'm Jamidra Says. This episode was edited by me, Emmanuel Hapsis, with help from Ashley Ann Craigbaum. And shout out to Susie Racho, David Marcus, and Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Catch you next week. Bye. So let's vote right now. Don't wait. Make the choice that sets you free now. And that's a page of mine. You'll be fine.